I put my hustle muscles into this thing and really just went all in. I have solutions, not all of them yet, but I know how to bring that to them. So I went all in and started an LLC and hired my first editor in like June of 19. Um, so now two plus years later, I have a team of over 10. Uh, I've touched over a hundred podcasts. Um, you know, if we were talking money, you know, we're in the six figures now in revenue. It's just crazy. It grew exponentially. This is Philip Van Nostrand, and you are listening to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. How to make more money and live an epic freelance life. Okay, okay. Welcome back to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. This is Phil Van Nostrand. Thank you for joining me once again. Um, I'm here with an interesting individual, someone who actually um, makes me feel a little intimidated because you professionally record and produce podcasts for a living. Is that right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here with Derek. Derek, why don't you introduce yourself and let the audience know who you are and, and kind of what you're about in, in 30 seconds or less? Sure thing. First off, thanks for having me, Philip. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, excited to talk to you. Uh, so my name is Derek Mishu. Uh, I am the owner, founder of a podcast production agency called Shelby Row Productions. I live in the Memphis, Tennessee area and a single father of a 13-year-old daughter. So hands are Ooh. full. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, I didn't realize your daughter was 13. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so hands are full. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I used to teach middle school math. Like before I was in New York, I, I was a teacher and I was teaching like 33 kids in a classroom yeah. that were your daughter's age. Uh, and it's wild. It was God, not my favorite age. <laughs> God love you. You know, you would have liked my daughter though. You would have liked my daughter because oh, yeah. her and I uh, are more math than history and English. So, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, um, I, I always felt like middle school was not, I liked the kids outside of the classroom, you know, like at lunchtime or after school, but, but sort of in the confines of public school is just real rough for middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. They're just so, exploding with hormones. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully she's got good friends and she's uh, yeah. happy in her school because it can be tumultuous. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, um, uh, we're, we're, we are surviving. Put it that way. <laughs> okay, good. Survive. Got it. Um, I heard. So this is. I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, we were chatting just a little bit before, and um, a part of your interesting bio is that you were like a session musician and a bass player in bands for like years in Nashville. Correct? Like 20 years? Yeah. Between um, you know, I'm originally from Maine, so I kind of started there, and then uh, several years in Nashville, and then over a decade here in the Memphis, Tennessee area. So, okay. Got it. Yeah, but yeah. but you moved from Nashville to Memphis to be closer to your daughter, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and the timing was also convenient because at the time leading up to that move to Memphis, I had been on the road for several years, um, mm. with a casino variety band. So we, okay. I lived, I lived in casino hotels for four plus years. Um, oh, crazy. And, uh, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a good gig. It was like the best yeah. paying gig I've ever had. It was full time, you know, uh, you know, on the road 45 weeks out of the year. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that band came to an end 
right around the same time as me kind of hitting a personal crossroad. So it was uh, okay. just one of, those, one of those deals where I found myself moving west to Memphis and started a, yeah. a new life. Uh, are you willing to go a little deep here? Sure. Yeah. I'm an open book, man. Uh, I'll, I'll say what I'll, uh, I'll talk about anything. <laughs> good, good. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this personal crossroads. Okay. Uh, yeah. so let's, let's, let's and say I'm, I'm open to anything. Yeah. Go so, for it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start it this way. Uh, as anyone listening, that's been a traveling musician, you know, that the the atmosphere and environment comes with a lot of uh, a lot of um, temptations. So, and I sure, sure. I took part of all of it: sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, you don't have to be Motley Crue to <laughs> God, yes. to, to enjoy those three things. Um, yeah, you were living the lifestyle. I was, I was uh, at a much smaller scale, obviously, but. It nonetheless, yeah, yeah. you're still damaging yourself as much as anyone else. But um, so in doing that, I was I was that guy. I was that musician that was, you know, uh, oh, by the way, you're a father. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? So <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, not so much oh. the, not so much the knock on the door, uh, but similar to that. You know, so yeah, that that's a big crossroads, man. So that happened in two thousand and nine. Okay, right. um, at the time, my daughter was eleven months old. We're getting very honest here. So yeah, yeah I like this. So there's that situation. I'm meeting my kid for the first time when she's eleven months old. So, um, and at the time. The Memphis area for me was on the road. You know, that was going on the road. Even though it was three and a half hours east of Nashville, we would come out here and play. And then just south of Memphis is Tunica, Mississippi, where there's a bunch of casinos. So Mm -hmm. this used to be a road trip. So go back to the temptations and that's how that all happened, right? So um so now I I, okay, I have a kid, I'm on the road full time, I live in Nashville. I have a baby daughter in Memphis. Um, crazy. So I balanced all of it for the next, I would say, year, year to a year and a half, where I was still on the road. Uh, I still, you know, my home base was still Nashville. But any any time that I had off, if I had a week or two off from the road, I'd come to Memphis and change diapers <laughs> as best I could. Amazing. You know? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tried to be there as much as possible. Meanwhile, still, still being a derelict. You know, um, but then you go back to what I said earlier. You know, the band finally that that band was finally winding down. At the same time, I felt like I wanted to be more in Skylar's life. That's her name. Um, so it all just kind of came to a head. And so January of 2011 is when I finally made the move over and uh, haven't looked back. Amazing. Since. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I, I love this story. <laughs> That's as honest uh, as you can get right there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so a trick. Skyler... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's just, you know, it's one of those stories where it's, it can be a little, uh, a little scary to say because it're like, oh, wow, you were, you were a road dog, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, not, no, you know, I got no judgment there, man. And yeah. 
many people have gone through bigger and worse and crazier things. So, um, and I wouldn't put any judgment on that at all. It sounds like what I'm hearing now is that your life has become really beautiful in a lot of ways, probably. Um, Absolutely. It, it took a while, you know, I definitely have a journey and a story to tell, but if I had, regardless of having to make the decision or not to what, you know, at what level I want to be this kid's father, if, if, if she just never showed up or was never there, my life would be so much different now. And I would say probably not, I'm sure not as good. So having, having the kid, she straightened me out. It forced me. It took me a while. It took me a while, but I, I, I started having to grow up, <laughs> you know. Of course, yeah. It yeah. sounds like she anchored you a little bit. Yeah, and, I was um, I was thirty one going on fifteen. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, got it. <laughs> All right, that's cool, man. That that's not a that's a not a bad age to kind of like turn things around, actually. So, um, I like this. And and sorry to like sideswipe you with the whole like a therapy session at first, but um, you know, I'm. I'm going to tie this into freelance because you basically had the freedom to kind of create your own life, right? Like you had the freedom to decide to move to Memphis or mm-hmm. decide to to do whatever you did. And, and, um, and it sounds like you're not playing as much right now, but you mentioned to me before that you have various hustles. So mm-hmm. how are you affording to live out there? And, and what was that transition like from being like a full-time road musician to mm-hmm. uh, what you're doing right now? So being a air quote professional musician in essence makes you a freelancer right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, that's what you exactly. are. You're an entrepreneur, you're a freelancer. I was a bass for hire, bass player for hire, you know. Um yep. um so even at the the lowest level when you are in one band playing two gigs and crappy bars a month, you're a freelance musician, baby. You're a professional. You're earning some money to do what you need to do, but, but that obviously you can't pay bills with that. So my journey was always to try to find as much work as I can find other work that can supplement my income, but allow me the flexibility to be a musician, you know? So early, early on, but when I still lived in Maine, it was all about, I couldn't work a job that made me, that needed me to work weekend nights. So cross all of those off you know, just sacrificing any kind of opportunity or narrowing things down, limiting myself just for the, the sake of always allowing myself flexibility to play. Well, moved yeah. to Nashville and I, I, dude, I was one of the luckiest guys, man. No one, no one has this kind of luck. It, plus there's circumstance and you, I uh, forget the saying, but you know, um, it's only luck if you're not prepared for it or something like that. Like you, you, yeah, yeah. you do things to set yourself up. So when that luck comes, you're ready for it. So I was in Nashville three months and I landed this full-time gig with this band that plays casinos, you know, uh, in oh. town three months, uh, which is just unheard of. Um, and it was a, a, a soup pot full of, uh, luck, circumstance, right place, right time, and preparedness for the opportunity. So, yeah. Um, so now that went into a full time musician career, which is very handy. I didn't need other hustles. Um, I could have been better at uh, trying to network more, but uh, but in a way, I'm still self employed. You know, I'm, that's ten ninety nine. I'm my own yep. person. You know. Um, 
but I'm still beholden you, to I'm beholden to the band. Like I can't. Yeah, I was gonna say you're just making decisions with the band at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now bridge to Memphis, and this is when this is when the freelance world really kicks in for me because. Got it. Uh, I still wanted to be a musician. Uh, at the time, early on, I completely stopped traveling. Um, so I managed to find some bands and some work locally and was working weekends. Um, and then I tried a corporate like warehouse job and that pretty much crushed my soul. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so, uh, eventually I just said no to that. I started, um, I reconnected with another band I'd been playing with out in Nashville that traveled a little bit, uh, not extensive like the other casino band, but I, I finally dipped back in. I was like, you know what? I'm a musician. I'm going to get back on that. Try to balance life here home with Skylar, my daughter. And then that's when the hustle began for all these side hustles that I'm calling it. You yeah. know, I drove for Uber. I drove for Lyft. I hosted trivia nights in the local restaurants and bars. I played cool. at a, I played in a church band. I, um, worked for this like small independent auto appraisal company where I just took pictures of cars that were in wrecks, uh, on and on and on all these, <laughs> <laughs> got it. there was one year, I wish I remember which year, but there was a one year where I had nine 1099s to submit to the government for taxes. So amazing. Yeah. You were hustling and, and it was, it was a headache and it was just constant struggle and, and it was always hand to mouth. Everything was hand to mouth, you know? Um, Got it. So what ended up happening was I, in 2017, late 2017, I needed a new hustle. I needed to add something to the pot, right? So uh, at this time, I wanted to find something that, talk about narrowing down things. I wanted something that I could work from home with for. All I need is... All I need is computer and internet. You know, come on, universe. What do you got? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so that way uh, I could work at home, obviously. But at the time, I was now traveling a little bit more again. Maybe two weekends out of the month, I was out. So I could work on the road with my iPad, you know, you know, just try to find something. So, sure, sure. Um, so I Googled work from home and found a website called upwork.com. Yeah. And, uh, and noticed a demand for podcast audio editing. And then that. Uh, interesting. Oh, you like then, reverse engineered it. So what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, yeah, like I mean, like you, you saw what people were searching for and oh, then, yes. and then decided to make, you know, a career mm -hmm. out of that or a job out of that. That's really cool. Instead so that, of being like, this is what I like to do and what I have to offer. You kind of like found the, found the gap in the market. Absolutely. You know, and that's dating back to that day, total turning point. And then, you know, that's a whole story there too, that I can definitely share, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's what led so, me to, that's what led me to not only what I'm doing now, but I've always kind of been a freelancer entrepreneur type person. I can't, I, yeah. I never, I never handled nine to fives well at all. I'd always just quit. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. it. Okay, <laughs> so a couple of questions about this because I actually interviewed um, a great 
girl who's made her mil- like basically a million dollars now on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my, you know, the conclusion for her success story is that one, you know, she's not going to be on Fiverr forever because it's, it's limited and they take a huge cut. Mm-hmm. And also she's gotten so much work that she's basically created an agency around her, which it seems like mm-hmm. you've done as well. It's exactly the website, most, that's the same story as me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so have you graduated out of Upwork or are you still getting a lot of clients through there or is it some sort of mix of both? Um, trying to get away from Upwork is still an amazing resource. Uh, yeah. and just today I, I, I threw in a few more proposals to some job openings. Um, but, I'm, but behind the scenes, uh, I've been working steadily with, um, some other members of my team, putting together a real deal outreach CRM, you know, email customer journey yeah. campaign, uh, you know, sync, sync, um, synchronizations, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, you're doing like a funnel basically so right. starting with, uh, like ads on Facebook or Instagram or something, or, uh, or what's we haven't the... done, we're not doing the ads approach yet. We're, yeah. we're um, building leads and doing cold outreach and, uh, cool. you know, so it's still, in the, we're, we're just building it. You know, this is something that's all new to me and, and, but, uh, yeah, you know, I needed to have the right people in place to be able to help so, me with stuff. Cause it's foreign. To so, me. No, I love it. I, I like that you're like on the journey still too. And so in the last four years, since you started on Upwork, you, you were obviously doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You ended up bringing on a team. I feel like there's eight other people on your team or like six other people. Is that uh, it's, right? up to, it's up to 10. Um, Holy cow. Now, so yeah, so what, what happened was, and, you, and you're so right. In so many ways, I kind of, this was all reverse engineered. Uh, yeah. Never been a business owner before. Never, uh, obviously, been a leader. Even for that, I've always just been led. And, you sure. know, hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me. So, yeah. so when I found this thing on Upwork, it was just another hustle, and I finally landed a client, and and then that turned into two, and then I'm learning as I go, and I'm all I'm offering is audio editing. That's it. That's all I can do. You know. Um, Got it. And then finally I had a client that says, Hey, you know, can you get our podcast on iTunes? And I said, yes, when I had absolutely <laughs> no, how to, no idea how to do it. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I was just learning, you know, rapid pace, just trying to keep up, trying new things. Yeah. Um, of course, that, that's how I think literally how almost every like good entrepreneur levels up is they say yes to something that's a little scary mm-hmm. or just outside of their reach. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like with enough time, money or whatever, you can solve it. But, uh, yeah, you might not have right. that. That's, that's good. I love that you did that. Well, eventually I started saying no, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, okay. but, um, so I was just trying, you know, I put my hustle muscles into this thing and really just went all in while balancing all this other stuff. Well, started getting pretty busy um, and kind of hit a, another crossroads or a ceiling, if you will. I found myself filling up my time with audio editing plus all this other stuff. So my growth kind of stopped. Um, in order for me to make any more money in the audio editing thing, it's just a matter of raising rates. Well, you can only do that so much you know, before yeah. you kind of price yourself out. 
Yeah, I, I always I always say um, that there's three ways to grow your business. You either raise your prices, um, work more hours mm-hmm. somehow, or you burn out. <laughs> or, 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 or no, actually, that, that's that's the the wrong way. You you raise your prices, you work more, which is unsustainable, or you you build your company bigger than yourself, which right, is what right. it sounds like. Uh, and I chose number three, right? So yeah. I was. I had I had been raising my prices, but then I felt like I kind of capped my value at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I was burning out. I never wanted to be an audio editor. It was just like it was there. I could do it. I was getting work. Just like I was, I never thrived and, and strived to be an Uber driver, but it was there. Sure. So, but um, but I liked it. I, but I liked having the control. I like. I f- really felt like a more of my own freelancer you know this was like this was good for me i was like i want to do this more but i need to grow like i've 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 capped out so i just had you know what i had to make the decision and say i want to do this but in order for me to grow i'm gonna have to hire i have to start figuring that part out and all all it was at the time was just another editor and not being a business person, I, I at least figured out, okay, I outsourced to another editor and that leaves me time to grow the business more and so on and so forth. And, and that was it. That's all my plan was. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but leading up to that, I learned and what was, I was experiencing a couple things. And this is where I'm, I found myself having to say no, because I was getting opportunities uh, from hiring clients now that wanted more than just audio editing. They wanted graphic design for the cover art. They wanted uh, someone to write the show notes. They wanted someone to transcribe. They wanted, you know, all these different things that eventually I had to say no to. I I just, you know, I'm not going to oversell and under promise. I'm not a graphic designer. I can't fake it. You know, so I was losing those opportunities. So I'm like, all right, so there's that. I need to open bandwidth for myself to grow the business. And also by this time, it was this amazing sort of market research. For a good year and a half, I was experiencing the pain points and problems that people were having. And I was providing a solution up to a degree where I eventually I, I, couldn't, I couldn't provide solutions to all of their problems. So it was all there. I was like, this makes sense. The demand is here. I have solutions, not all of them yet, but I know how to bring that to them. So I went all in and started an LLC and hired my first editor in like June of 19. Um, So now two plus years later, I have a team of over 10. Uh, I've touched over a hundred podcasts. Um, you know, if we were talking money, you know, we're in the six figures now in revenue. It's just crazy. This How is amazing. It, it built, yeah. it grew exponentially. And just the, the whole process. We can go into all the details of how I built the team and everything that I could talk for nah, years. That's, that stuff, that, but, yeah, yeah. That's, that's another, it, another interview. Right. <laughs> this is it, great, man. But the overall, yeah, the, the overall story is built the team, which allowed me to up my service offerings, open the ceiling, um, and just gave me more control of limited growth. And here we are. That's beautiful. 
And and I so I'm hoping you did this, but if not, I, I want to emph- underscore this point to the audience um, as you were talking because I've done the same thing. Like I have started to travel so much in my own career that um, there's there's so many photo opportunities that are coming my way um, where I'm physically not even in the same state mm-hmm. um, that I started to subcontract out to other photographers or people on my team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but it's one thing just to like say yes to a gig and then like pay someone else to do it. It's another thing to say, yes, I can do it for a thousand bucks and then pay and then find someone who's happy to shoot it for you for, or edit it for you for $500. So, so you're still making money on top of that. Right. And, and, and my, my hope for you is that at least by now, or even at the beginning that when people were asking, can you design an album or like design a cover of a podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd say, yes, we could do it for a thousand. And then you find your graphic designer for like 300. Um, yeah. There's uh yeah variations of all that as i've learned as i've gone so first off when i found my first editor i I knew i needed to find someone at like the 15 to 20 dollar mark an hour because at the time my my asking rate was 30 to 40 an hour so so you're doing it so i couldn't i couldn't hire someone at 50 bucks an hour (laughs) so so i was okay with hiring the 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 and the freelancers that clearly had a great resume and knew what they were doing, but they didn't have a, as robust of a profile and upwork. I didn't care if they didn't have any star oh, ratings, whatever. But so, they were probably overseas as well. I'm guessing like Eastern Europe or something. Uh, no, no. Uh, all oh, my team American? is from the States. Yep. Um, oh, impressive. And, uh, so that's, that, there's that, how that started. But Quickly, then it was like, all right, well, my stock has gone up. My value is higher now. So I really felt like I yeah. could back up an hourly rate raise. So I would go $50 an hour, but still pay my guy 20 an hour. And that way I can just yeah. increase my margin, you know? Um, cool. But then as other things started unraveling, like you said, the cover art design, I found a great cover, uh, graphic designer. And much like pretty much any project, um, I will think of who I want on my team to do it, give them the details and ask them, what do you need in order for this to be good for you? You know, like mm-hmm. rather than say, well, for the most part, I could do this. Other times there was like, Hey, this project is 500 bucks. It is what it is. It's, it's locked and loaded. Can you, sure, do, it for, sure. can you do it for 200, 300? Yes. Or no. Okay. But for the most part, and I, th- and if you have this um, uh, this uh, opportunity where you can do it in this order, I suggest it. Where you ask your team member first, this is the job opportunity. This is what's required of it. Sit on this for an hour, like the, for the night. Give me a quote of what you want and you feel yeah. you deserve, and value yourself. Like, tell me exactly what you want to make. Oh, yeah. it's a thousand bucks. Okay, cool. And then I go to the to propose to the client, this is going to be a $1,500 job. Boom. You know, so beautiful. So the, and I like it that way the most because, um, the team members on board, uh, and I'm not asking anyone to do favors and it gives me more confidence. Everybody's happy. And it gives me more confidence to the client. Like, no, this is what it's going to take. 
And, and it's because of this, it's this number because the, the expert I'm using to do this job for you, that's their rate, you know? So, and I got my best guy on it. Yeah, exactly. So, and and having a team is, is also a positive just in general, people trust that they feel better with that. They know that they're, it's cool. You you really figured it out, man. I'm very impressed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) what I, what I love talking about, which is less like how you got there and a little bit more like how are you living your best life now? Mm-hmm. Are you still on the edge of burnout? Are you still maxed out with hours? Or do you have freedom in your life because you've created something interesting? I do have freedom in my life. You? I do have freedom yeah. in my life. Um, <clears throat> no better example for myself, which was, which was a good eye-opening experience for me, was this summer I had a lot going on in June. I did two trips to Maine and moved apartments here in the Memphis area. So June was just gone. Like there was no, there wasn't much room for business growth, right? There was, there was no sitting down and and planning and trying to put new bids out there. It was, okay, I got to take this month off. Uh, And it was the first time that I could see the forest through the trees to see how much work I had put into building my team. And by this time I have like PAs, production assistants, helping with the traffic of all the tasking and everything. Okay. Nice. And, and by, yeah. So June of this year, man, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm only operating. I'm just like, I'm, I just need all the free time I can have and I'll just do the bare minimum to operate. And yeah. whatever I have. And then it was like, oh, wow, I only need to work 10 hours a week in order to just operate uh, because all yeah. the, system, the system's in place and my manager's in place and just how everything is set up with all the flow of all the projects. It's sort of self, you know, propelling. Yeah, you created and, a machine and it, and it works. And it was nice. Now, come July and August, because I didn't try to find new clients it made for a really crappy fall <laughs> but you know but it was it was it was eye-opening though to be like oh wow i could go on a vacation if i wanted to yeah uh, man that's beautiful yeah and i, I do want to say like next step for you might be this is very next level but you know if you're the one thing that was missing in june was just you putting out bids and proposals mm-hmm there's plenty of really amazing salespeople out there who do exactly that. And, mm-hmm. and if you're able to find the person who can generate the jobs, then all of a sudden you've like, the machine is complete. That's, you know? that ties in. Well, you're right. Absolutely. And that ties into this new outreach that we're building, the CRM and the, oh yeah, the, I have a lady doing the cold outreach, whether it's emails or calls, but it's oh, still, cool. that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's there. You know, but it would also be cool to have someone just scour Upwork for me. Uh, yeah, and, that's what I'm talking about. That's something you could literally that hire have, someone. Yeah. You could hire someone on Upwork to scour Upwork for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it'd be very yeah. meta, but you could you could totally find your person over there, like or your yeah. VA from. I, I've been talking to people a lot about this, but your virtual assistant from the Philippines, um, you know, is, is like great. And if you don't yeah. know, there's like really great virtual assistant from the Philippines. Yeah, um, I need. I'll, I'll be. But, I'll be looking in that direction too. That's the other yeah. step I want to take is to yeah. get a Because then you just train someone assistant. to do what you're doing. Exactly. 
Yeah. And 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 that person will pay for themselves tenfold, you know, if they bring in ten jobs, it's done. Like they've paid for themselves for the year. That's um, that's my that's the theory and that's what I'm hoping for. But right now, to build a sales team in essence. Yeah. And <clears throat> building the outreach and, and building your CRM and it's you know, there's it takes investment on the front end and a lot of yes, uh, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of faith that the 500 leads that you generate and push out to in a month, you, you get one job from, you know, you just hope. Sure, sure. Um, but so, it, yeah. So I'm curious because it sounds to me then like for the last four years or five years, if June was the first time that you finally just like let your business kind of coast, it sounds like you've been just pushing, pushing, pushing this whole time. Is that right? Yes. 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 Yeah. So uh, living the best freelance life, you know, I'm definitely, I torture myself. I'm still that, <laughs> I'm still that guy, you know. Um, I see. Man, you, you got to learn so. to enjoy it. That That's the epic part. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I experience epicness. I make sure of yeah. it here and there, but I'm also a single full-time dad. There's a, you know. Okay, got it. Uh, so, you know, I have my daughter every day, so it's just, yeah, it just gets heavy. You know, it's a lot of. Um, well, I think what's beautiful about what you've created is that, well, one, you're in her life, which is the best part of all. But two, you've created a life where you can be there, you know, to pick her up or or to take her places or to be at whatever yes. it is, the school play or the thing. And, you hit, um, you hit the nail on the head, and yeah. that's an example of me being needing to be reminded how grateful I need to be. Because yeah, whether it's an orthodontist appointment or any kind of dentist appointment or school event, um, uh, uh, if there's a you know a, a three day weekend, uh, yep. Monday's off, I don't have to scramble to figure out what's up, what to do with her. I, you know, ah, when we so had, great. You know, the COVID shutdowns. You know, all this different stuff, I was able to just cruise, you know, she's in the living room yeah. watching Netflix, I'm in my office working, you know, so there's all <laughs> yeah, that flexibility great. too. So, oh yeah. So when it comes to those things, man, it is, it is awesome. I love and always have been the person that just walks at the beat of his own drum. If on a yeah. whim, I decide, you know what, I don't have any calls today. I'm um, not really have much going on. So I'm it's noon or right, I'm done for the day and I'm going to go for a drive and go for a walk somewhere before my daughter goes, gets out of school or something. You know, I like being able to just, um, yeah, I love go, oh, I need to go to Walmart. I need to do some groceries, whatever. <laughs> just go, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, it, so the flexibility is, is absolutely, um, you know, that's, that's the gold right there. That's my favorite, favorite part of all. Like I always tell people, ah, sleep in if I want to. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. up late. I'm going to go to the movies on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I never, ever have to ask somebody if I can go to the bathroom or take a break or whatever. It's amazing. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, the best, best part of all. So I, I think I want to kind of bring it to sort of a close, even though we didn't talk about any of the questions I really t- wrote to you. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I love what we've been talking about. Um, I, I'm very curious about, uh, for you, Derek, like what are your bigger, like what's the big dream for you or, or the goals that you're aiming towards? Cause you're pushing and I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're pushing towards something. Yes. So, so what is it for you? Um, my, the title for my Trello board is called world domination as a, as a cheeky thing. <laughs> yes. but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I'm 
obviously still growth. The my bottom line needs to go up. So obviously that the top line needs to too. So I'm still trying to earn a good living and and clear some debt. So that would be if I was to measure success, it would be debt freedom. You know? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, debt freedom. But um, but on more of a business front, I want to go more local and get a studio, you know, lease a modest little office space and and then try Ooh. to and try to incorporate the local market and have a studio that people can come to and record in. And uh this is great. Yeah. So that's that's um hopefully next year that would be nice. Dude, you, you, oh my gosh. That. You know, um, right, I see the vision already. I'm I'm gonna say this and you've already thought of this, I'm sure, but like you could have a sound studio to record stuff for people or or do like all of that and it could you could use like your your office for your daytime hours, but then like rent it out to musicians or session musicians in the evening and pay for itself, right? Oh, absolutely. Or hire people that are doing podcasts, but all they need is a microphone and a recorder. They they're gonna edit yeah. and produce it themselves. Okay, come rent some time. So there's you know, and it's funny you say that. Like the big, big dream, the awesome, the awesome situation would be this larger, is what I want. A larger space that has two sections to it and yes one is a rehearsal place uh with yeah. uh, for bands with a very modest recording ability keep it simple like record your rehearsal that's what you're gonna get you know sure. uh, it'll be, you can get it all, you can get all the stems or we can just do a quick mix for you but record your rehearsal if you want to come in and do a demo that's what you're gonna get we're not gonna we're not gonna do this massive epic um sound recording yeah, but yeah. a place for people to rehearse because that is definitely lacking here in Memphis. And then on the other end, the podcast world, and just have them both pumping. You know that that's the big Ooh. one. That's that's the big one. Hundred percent possible, man. Yeah. You can do it like next month. I feel like um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and then you have, I like, I, I mean, you have both worlds. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and I can't forget the, the, the mid-engine Corvette that I eventually want to buy. So there's that. Too. All right. Yeah. All right. That's the midlife <laughs> crisis one. And the debt, the debt's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, when are you going to be debt-free? I don't know. And that's, and that's a problem. You know, I, I'm surely knowing how to add to it uh, right now, but in, in healthy ways, I guess, if there is such a thing. Um, I'm not buying big screen TVs because I, I feel like I deserve one. I'm investing in equipment and, and, and stuff, all right, all right. Guess, you know, some projects that I got going on, business growth stuff. So I'm still in that building mode. Um, but man, you know, I, keep, I keep chipping say, away at it, man. You could, you could throw yeah. money at that thing every single month with what you're doing and, and yeah. it's the best feeling in the world. I promise. Yeah. I, I guess. I know I'm always stuck on the minimum payment side of things. So, um, no, like the, the best advice extra, my mom, yeah, yeah, I was going to say the best advice my mom ever gave me was like, if you have any extra money, throw it like a thousand dollars, 500 bucks, whatever, like throw it at that thing. So, hmm. so you're killing the interest. You could do it. Uh, my, my goal was to be debt free by 30 and I, I did it. I had like $24,000 mm. in debt from college stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I was free. It was crazy. It was the craziest feeling to be like, I could, I don't know anybody, nothing. I could go anywhere in the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like every dollar coming in is my dollar, you know? You um, there's just, something like really, yeah, go ahead. 
just feeling that energy from you about that freedom made my anxiety go down a little bit. I couldn't imagine <laughs> what it's like if I was debt free. It'd be amazing. It'd be I, I it's happening for you, man. And and yeah. you you're bringing in good money, so I want to see it happen for you soon. Well, yeah. And then, you, and then everything else is play money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I will say when I say six figures, the drop from bo- top line to bottom line is sometimes a, a pretty uh, lengthy drop. You know? No, so, I understand. You, you're paying you know, a lot of people. You got a lot yeah. of people, for sure. I get yeah. it. But um, but even still, yeah. uh, kudos to you, man. You, you, you're creating something really amazing. I think you're right. Like in the... I, I see you like in the middle of the journey, you know, on your way up towards ultimate freedom, which is perfect. Yeah, I try to remind myself that stay in it, stick to it. Um, you know, when you're experiencing a winter, springs around the corner. You know, the pendulum swings both ways, so there's ebbs and yeah. flows because that you know I'm experiencing sort of an ebb at the time. Uh, but also it's like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, dude, you're only two and a half years in this LLC. Like, man, companies. Yeah, you're doing fine. Trust me. These big corporations and companies, you read the stories, they don't profit for five years, you know? So, you know, I, I try to remind myself of that, that it's, it's okay. You know, try not, don't, it's okay to think of yourself as a seven figure business as a way, as a goal, but it's okay that you're not one now <laughs> you're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Of keep, course. Keep going, keep going. You know, I, you're absolutely right. And my best advice to any sort of mentee of mine is, is always like who are, who are kind of impatient for success is that it's like at least a five year journey. I always tell them like the five year mm-hmm. rule, things really start flowing and moving and, yep. and you know, speaking, whatever, like after five years. So, so you're, you're right in there. You're doing great. Thank you. Awesome. And, uh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. This is really fun. Uh, I'm excited to kind of check in in a year or two and see where you're at then. Yeah, um, man. Absolutely. But, Reach out. <laughs> I'll follow up with you. I know, no, yeah. absolutely. And when I'm in Memphis or Nashville, I want to see that studio like built and made. And then I want to hang out there. Yeah, man. And then after we look at the studio, I'll take you to some good barbecue. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, thanks, Derek. This is great. I uh, appreciate you taking time. And... Have a beautiful day. Man, that was a blast. Thank you, Philip, for having me. Yeah.